Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation, which I'm sure you'll find equally gripping to the other ones. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the nation. You're now a member. You know, what makes the nation so different from all of the other podcasts in this genre? is that not only will you learn something, but every week you'll learn something that could change your life. You see, one of the things that I've noticed in this genre is people talk about things. People talk about your story, for instance. People talk about forgiveness. People talk about acceptance. People talk about what's possible in your life. People talk about getting over your past, all those things. They're all conversations that are made from a distance. Here at Unfuck Nation, we actually tell you how to fucking do those things. We actually show you this is how you forgive. This is how you create a life. This is how you create a purpose. There's no platitudes here. There's no fucking fake phrases and little fucking tidbits of of life that you can maybe munch on that sound good, but won't actually empower you to make any difference. Here at The Nation, we fucking tell you, like, this is forgiveness. This is acceptance. Get yourself there or don't live with a fucking consequence, okay? So, in other words, the people that follow this show are real, recognizing real. We are the real fucking deal here at The Nation. We're not doing this for listenership or fucking sponsorship or any of that shit. We're doing all of this for why we say we're doing it, which is to empower people. We're here to empower people. And, by the way, if you want to be or have some item you've got featured on the show, that is, if you have a question for me, you can email me, connect at Gary John Bishop. I'll deal with your question. Or not. I might not. I get a lot of questions. But you can also call and leave a voicemail or text. 646-450-3203. I'm not saving your numbers on text, by the way, so that I can fucking add you to my texting list or some shit, right? <laughs> or you can jump onto the website, unfucknation.com, of course. Which gets me to this week's item, this week's real item. You know, if you've read any of my books or listened to them on audiobook or you're one of the few people who have bought a CD. And yeah, people are still buying books on CD, which, you know, 
fair play to them. But if you've engaged with my work at any meaningful level beyond just like, oh yeah, I agree with that, which ultimately makes no fucking difference, then you'll know that I'm really all about people making real and actual change to their life. I'm really all about people impacting the quality of their lives. And every book that I write is intended to make whatever difference it can make with the people who are reading it, which is sometimes challenging. Sometimes challenging because people say they want real change. People say, I can't keep going on like this. People say whatever the fuck they say, and yet life continues. And ultimately, if you were to set those people down, and you might be one of those people, you'll talk about why you can't. You'll talk about your struggle. You'll talk about what makes your case different from their case and their case and their case and their case, which kind of leads you to believe then that people must fundamentally, at some level, believe that all the cases should be the same. Like, my ability to exert change in my life should be the same as yours. So if I'm not including all of that, like, well, for those of you who are in this position, you'll need to do this. No, it's not how this works. It's not how this works. So if you've read any of my stuff or, again, listened to it, I'm talking to you. Right where you are, I'm talking to you. I know you've got a bunch of can'ts. I know you've got a bunch of reasonable explanations as to why life change is impossible for you or certainly not possible right now, like something you're aiming towards. So as you know, I'm always writing. I'm always, and I'm fucking always writing. I mean, I recently completed the relationship book, which is coming out on January 18th, Love Unfucked. Getting your relationship shit together. Love unfucked. Getting your relationship shit together. Which, by the way, I went on your website recently and found that someone had actually reviewed that book and it's not even out yet. And they gave it a one star. I'm presuming it might be the title, but fucking hell. That was just really funny to me. Don't worry. It'll soon get bleached out by all the fives that it's going to get. I'm that confident. But anyway, people, yeah, but themselves right into the same life they've got, right? And we've talked about this in other episodes. So even when you listen to someone like me and I fire some direct kind of philosophy right into the heart of what you're dealing with, I want you to know that one of your first instincts will be to try and wriggle out of it. You'll either postpone it or you'll double down on the view that got you here and into a life that you don't even like. So you'll postpone it or you'll double down on the view of life itself or of yourself that got you to this point of unhappiness or dissatisfaction. So that's why, you know, I really do say this to people. You can't, in many ways, you can't fucking trust your own internal noise. You can't trust it. It's led you astray too many times. You could educate it. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Maybe you could educate your internal noise. But you see, you've become so attached to that cacophony 
and your head. That I know it's hard to see the difference between that noise and you. But I do want you to know that noise is not you, which is why you should never really trust it. I have a big problem with people saying shit like trust your intuition, which is another one of those statements made from a distance. It doesn't get into it with you and say, well, this is intuition and that's noise. And then you'll have those, or you say, well, just trust everything that's going on internally, which for fuck's sake. I mean, imagine the fucking carnage if you just trusted everything that goes on with you internally. That would be a shit show of grand proportions. You'd just be, you know, on the complete roller coaster of your emotions. I'd rather be on a roller coaster of something called life and dancing with all of that than the roller coaster of my fucking emotion. So then what do you do? You know, like, how do you embrace new stuff? Like sometimes when I'm talking to you about, you know, you want to lose weight or gain weight or stop smoking or, you know, get fitter or change a relationship or change a job or change a location or do something about your finances or do something about some fucked up relationship you've got or some fucked up relationship you used to have or la, 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 la. You have to take what I'm saying like it's the truth. Now, some of you are already like, well, that's dangerous taking what somebody else says as the truth. No, it's not. You can take it as the truth, follow the pathway and deal with what it brings up whether you accept it as the truth for later is up to you. You can fucking let it go again. That is, it's a baseline. It's somewhere that you start from. It's a foundational piece for unpacking something. See, when people say shit like, and I'm going to give you a good example here. I want to forgive them, but I can't. Can't is this kind of willfully ambiguous place where people like to hang out. Also, the same kind of stuff like, I don't know. Or as I like to respond to my children when they say that, well, work it fucking out right now and give me your answer. I don't know. Work it out right now. Give me what you got. Well, I need a moment. Go ahead. You got a moment. It's ambiguity. It's a safe space in their head where they can just back off of the press of the conversation. I can't. I can't. I can't. Now, I'm obviously talking about those people that say they want some significant change in an area of your life. And then when I get into the dirt with you, instead of just offering you some fake fucking platitude, I get into the dirt with you when you say you can't. What am I supposed to do then? Back off. Oh, well, you can't. Oh, well, just tune in for next week's fucking show. No, I don't back off from that. I'm not going to back off from that. I'm not going to back off from you and your stuff. I won't. Partly because you and I both know that's not going to work with you. Me backing off won't work with you. You need me to press in with you. Press in through that whole notion of can't. Something magical happens when you stop saying can't. And I'm going to give you a little example of why words are fucking critical. You know, somebody recently talked to me about the trauma and I said, and how they can handle it. And I said, you stop using that word. That's not a word. That's a world. You're in the world of that word. Doesn't mean to say you don't deal with a thing. You just got to stop describing it like that. 
if you stop describing it like that, you might get more of a say in how this is going to turn out. If you keep describing it like that, it has you. Okay, that's a little example, but I want to give you a better one. If you were to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to stop saying I can't when it comes to changing the areas of life that I say I want to change. If you want to use can't in other areas of your life, fucking go ahead. But if you were just to say, won't instead, I won't. The result's the same. No progress. So the result's the same. You're not doing it different between can't and won't. The result is the exact same. But they both put you in a different spot. Now, I want you to really use your brain here because I know you fucking have one. You're smart enough to tune into this show. Then where does won't put you that can't doesn't put you? And just think about a situation in your life right now where you're currently saying you can't. Go ahead, just anything, you know, fucking, I don't know, going to the gym or, you know, fucking repairing an old friendship or getting over something. And you've force-fed yourself this idea of can't. What if right now, right in this very second, you change that to won't? I won't let it go. I won't forgive them. I won't do what I need to do. I won't talk to them. I won't do what I need to do to change my finances, change my location, change my fucking body, change my... I won't do it. Where does that leave you compared to I can't do it? Where does it leave you? Well, it's pretty fucking obvious, isn't it? It leaves you in a space of responsibility. Like... You're finally coming to terms with it's on you. And even if you are stuck on the word can't, I can't, Gary, though I can't. I know other people, Gary, I can't. Okay. You won't do anything about your can't. You won't do anything about it. Oh, I've tried. Yeah, but you're still not doing anything about it. Again, another word I don't fucking use, try. That fucking little green Yoda guy, like he had a lot of shit right. There is no try. You're either fucking doing it or not doing it. Even when people are doing it, they say they're trying to do it. In fact, you're not trying to do it. You're fucking doing it. So anyway, this whole notion of can't, I want you to get where that leaves you. It leaves you, like I said, in this kind of ambiguous state of helplessness. It leaves you trying to solve some conundrum some mysterious fucking issue or problem that if you could only get to the bottom of it, you would live a great life. I want you to understand it's all fucking bullshit. It's smoke and mirrors. It's all an illusion to keep you where you are. On one hand, I understand all these kind of motivational people and positive folks, right? Trying to turn your can into a can, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. And as you know, positivity is not my thing. You might come away with something positive. I would never call myself positive. In fact, if anything, I'm always trying to bring balance. So I'm always trying to bring something that balances the extremes. And I did say try, though. That really is my intention with all that I'm doing. 
Your job is to dismiss your own internal noise, is to dismiss the draw of your emotional state, is to notice that it's there, respect that it's there, acknowledge that it's there, and act on what you're now adopting as true for you. Now, when I talk about this thing, can't, just like that other example that I gave earlier, when I was talking about trauma, can't put you in a world, won't put you in a different world. You see how like the subtleties of language, you see the emotional attachment, you see how it locates you in a different spot when you change can't to won't, like it puts you somewhere that you weren't before. Like, oh, fuck. And there you are in that world of can't, trying to solve all the problems that arise from that world of can't. Put yourself over and won't. Oh, fuck, they're not the same problems. Those are different problems. There are different obstacles and barriers and little sidebars and things to consider, things to think about. Language, my friends, is critical. How you choose to describe yourself, how you choose to describe your life, how you choose to describe your circumstances, how you choose to describe another, those aren't just fucking shallow, meaningless description. You're constantly putting yourself in a world and you're trying to figure life out from that world that you put yourself in by your lazy and irresponsible use of language. That's right, lazy and irresponsible. Now, of course, your life changes in the paradigm of action, right? You must do. But you also know that, you know, we take a fucking multidimensional approach to you as a human being. If you overthink, do. If you underthink, think. <laughs> Think. It's amazing to me the number of communications I get from people. And I'm really, I'm genuinely amazed by it. People are just suddenly caught in, they're kind of caught in on it, the idea of being responsible. What it takes to be responsible. You can only be responsible for that which you're aware of. If you don't hear yourself saying can't all the fucking time, you're not responsible for that. It just runs you. When I can finally be responsible for something, I can then have a say in the degree to which it plays out in my life. So yeah, knowledge is the pathway to power. It's not power. I've met a lot of very knowledgeable people doing a lot of dumb fucking shit. A lot of them. So there's your assignment. That's what I'm going to get you to fucking take on this week. Start looking at your life from the perspective of won't. And it'll cough up a few fur balls. It'll kind of force you into a corner here or there. But one thing's for sure. It'll put you in touch with the only fucking thing that can change your life. And that's you. All right, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back from the break, we're going to take our question from the nation, which, as you know, is going to be fucking brilliant. All right, hang in there. I'll be right back. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? 
Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. This is where we take our question from the nation. I don't know, you guys, I think you're going to dig this one. This question will hit home for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So you got to listen from the context of your life, okay, from the context of where you're at. But this message is from Coco, and Coco says, I hope you're doing well, and of course, I've got a question for you. My ex has decided, in the words of my kids, to be cool Uncle Daddy. He rarely sees them every couple of years and doesn't seem to be interested in their lives, but is adamant that they show their support for him. When they ask him for help, he gives them a laundry list of his woes. They text with each other sometimes, but no calls or FaceTime. Here's the question. I feel horrible about this and try desperately to be there for them and present for all their ups and downs and to keep showing up. It's my pride and pleasure to be their mom. The truth is that behind their strong exteriors, this has caused them a lot of pain. Since I can't fix their broken hearts, their dad's broken psyche, or change this reality for any of us, what can I do? They are in their very early 20s, wonderful, strong, smart people who don't deserve this. Of course, I've been dealing with all of this shit too, but moving on and making a life for myself. I have a new relationship, and the boys think my new man is great, but the pain for them is always there. They tell me, I'm not guessing, and this, of course, pains me. I would greatly appreciate your perspective. Thanks for all that you give to all of us out here. Okay, all right, Coco, I got this. As usual, Coco, we're going to break down your communication, and we're going to get to see some of the world you're in, some of the world you're in, which, if I was to read your email just straight the way it is, okay, it seems pretty clear here, right? This is how people communicate, right? So this isn't, of course, no one's getting blamed and no one's getting, you know, the finger pointed at them. This is to reveal something, right? In this paradigm that you're in, the layout of the land is you're the good one. He's the bad one. You're trying to rescue them and he's not doing anything about that. That's ultimately what your communication says. Now, from where you're sitting, all of that's true, right? All of that's true. Except it doesn't deal with where he's sitting, like how life is for him. You gave me a little insight into how life is for the kids. Your kids are adults, by the way, and I know they're still your kids and I get all of that, but they are adults, okay? So you're really looking for some way to deal with them. Your husband or your ex-husband or your ex-partner's choice in this matter is how they're choosing to proceed with their life as his choice. You 
if you want to make a difference with your children, you should at first ask them, are they interested in you making a difference with them? Because, you know, you've heard me say this on this show many times. As a human being, you are a meaning-making machine. I'm not just fucking saying that. Sartre said that, the French existentialist. Human beings make meaning. They add meaning to everything. And you can see in your communication, not only have you made it mean something, what your ex does, but your children have made it mean something about what your ex does. And specifically, your children have made it mean something about themselves. Like they're not loved, or not known, or not appreciated, or whatever it might be, and their relationship to their father. The way he's behaving, they have made it mean something. Now, many people might find what they've made it mean pretty illogical. That's true. It also doesn't mean what they've made it mean is true. They're going around like their father's behavior is indicative of how he feels about them. But you said he reaches out to them every couple of years without making a case for your ex. That's actually a lot more than some fucking fathers out there. Okay? So it does indicate some interest in their lives. Maybe not the level of interest you would like or they would like, and I get that, and I appreciate that too. But to say is no interest isn't quite true. And you might even say, well, you know, he doesn't really give a fuck. He just does it because of this, that, or the next thing. That's not for you to say. That's only for him to say. So in other words, the relationship they have with their father is the relationship they have. It might not be the one they want. It might not be the one they think they should have. And it is the one they have. And you might feel as if they should have a different relationship with the father. Like many people who listen to the nation look back in their childhood and think one or both of the parents should have been somehow fucking different than the way they were. And here's the reality. They were the way they were. And however they were, you each had an opinion about that, which became a belief. And wired into that belief is what you made it mean about them and you. And then after you've made it mean that, life becomes about just gathering evidence for what you've made it mean. People gather evidence for what they believe to be true, whether they know it to be true or not. They gather evidence for, I'm not loved. They gather evidence for, I'm not good enough. They gather evidence for, I'll never fit in. They gather evidence for, I'm never going to make it. They gather evidence for, life is hard. And on and on and on. I'm not coaching your children here, Coco. But if I were, I would say, love the father you have instead of yearning for the one you wanted. There's a lot more in there than you think. And if the father you have is insistent upon telling you his troubles, and you're not an opening for that, you should communicate that. It doesn't work for you to come to me with what's not working in your life. What'll work for me is for you to find a way to make all that work for yourself. And I would also recommend you actually take on Coco, empowering your kids, empowering them. They don't need your fucking sympathy. They need your power. And that's all this is really about from your end of things. It's like you sympathize with them. 
I can actually have compassion for the people in my life. Sometimes when my kids are in a certain spot in their life, I have compassion for them, what they're dealing with. I'm not going to sympathize. I'm not going in there with you. Why? Because I don't want you in there. I want you to come out to me, to aliveness and joy and satisfaction and peace of mind. I want to talk to you over here. So this also includes, yeah, are your children tolerating? What are they tolerating? What are they putting up with in their life that doesn't work? Isn't it time for that to end? If there are certain aspects of the relationship with their father, then they, they need to start communicating, right? And no, this isn't healthy boundaries. This is just like, listen, you're free to do and say whatever the fuck you want. That is all brilliant. And I love you. And I'm just not always going to promise that I'm hanging around for that. I care about you, but if you want to make change in your life, you should do it. I'm not a place, I'm not a resource where you can come and we can just hang out with your problems. But your children are in their 20s and they're already tolerating that. It's not a good sign. I mean, look, I have fucking conversations with my seven and 10-year-old sons about what they tolerate. Like, why are you putting up with that? Well, you know, and they're fucking 10 and they're articulating why they're doing it. Why would you tolerate that for yourself? How does it feel? What do you think you can do about that? Do you want to change it? How would you do it? I do that with seven-year-olds. Fuck's sake. Not seven-year-olds. My seven-year-old. Because I want him to be able to have the tough conversations with himself. I don't want him to be looking around at the world to explain why he is the way he is. I want him to be able to look in the mirror and find the fucking answer. Because ultimately, that's where it always is. The answer is never with having the world line up with you. The answer is always something like, why in the fuck am I living this life? Why am I somebody who goes around with like, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, and then spend my life fucking complaining about it? If you're in pain, why the fuck are you walking around in pain? There's resources, there's things to do. There's ways to develop yourself and educate yourself and grow and expand as a human being. Why would you tolerate being small like that? Oh, I've low self-esteem. Okay, but why are you tolerating that? Well, I've, you know, I think I'm a bit of a self-loather. Okay, why are you tolerating that? And on and on and on. I often put it this way, Coco. It really is sometimes a case of, and people call this, people have, have said to me, you know, it's just tough love. And I say, stop that shit. Stop talking about my love like it's not the same as yours. Stop talking about my expression of love like it's a version of love. No, I, I fucking love my children. I love the people who listen to my show. I love the people who fucking read the books. I love those people. I don't know those people and I fucking love them. This is how I fucking love you. By telling you to get your shit together. The only difference between me and a lot of other people is I'm clear about that's what I'm doing. I love you. Get your fucking shit together. Other people, it just sounds like get your shit together which makes it land like it's coarse or unfair or uncaring because people add meaning. One of the reasons why I'm obvious about it is because I don't give you the room to add meaning. I don't give you the space. I'm clear about what I'm up to. And then, you know, I would say to your children, by the way, if I was coaching your children, I would say, you got to formulate the relationship you want to have with this man. If you want it to be loving, you should just go love him for all he is and all he's not. If you're seeking support from him, yeah, it might not come. Certainly not the way you think it should. 
It might come in weird ways that you just can't see. And then it comes down to you, Coco. You can't save anybody. You got to stop it. Not even your own fucking kids. Here's all you can do with your kids. Love the crap out of them. Love them, love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. And doing that fully in the knowledge that you'll, you might not see much of that back, but nobody fucking cares, right? When you're a parent like that, like you're just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love it when my children say they love me and they tell me every day. But I'm more wrapped up in the opportunity of loving them, which to me is the source of all loving relationships. When you're wrapped up in the opportunity to love another for who they are. Your ex is going to parent the way he sees fit. That's what happens in a separation or a divorce. That's how that rolls. And your children need to start acknowledging and taking responsibility for what they're allowing in their lives in terms of where the bar is. And then I would thoroughly recommend you and your kids stop talking about your ex. Your ex plays no role in your life now. You know, if you're not talking to that person, unless you guys were like, you know, communicating and organizing life, which many people do, by the way. But if you've moved on and they've moved on in the direction they're in, it's, you know, the height of their place in your thinking should be a little more than a neighbor you used to have now. He's living his life, you're living yours. You should let your children go and start to determine what kind of life they want for themselves. It's always great to support people. It's always great to make a difference with people. It's always great to be there for people, but you have to be invited. You have to be invited. Can't elbow your way in there. People got to want it for themselves. And I think you're at a point in your relationship with your children, by the way, you really got to start interacting with them like they're adults now. You really kind of got to let go of that old relationship you used to have. As great as it was, you need to create something new, something that's different and nurturing in a different way than the one that it was. You're not there to save them. You're there to kind of be there for them and empower them, but not save them. Because ultimately, if they need saving, they are the only ones that can do such a thing. All right, you guys, that's it for this week. Thank you for the great question, Coco. Thank you, everyone, for being a listener. Obviously, if you want to participate in a future show, call me, 646-450-3203. Email me, connect at garyjohnbishop.com or jump onto the website, unfucknation.com. And as usual, rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, you guys. Have a great one. I'll see you on the flip side. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 